This is the Dead Funny, Dead Serious podcast. My name is Mitzi Weiland, and I am a marriage and family therapist by trade, no longer practicing, and a professional legacy coach. And I'm here today with Rhonda, and I'll have her introduce herself. Rhonda? Hi, I'm Rhonda, and I'm currently a person who's been diagnosed with breast cancer and uterine cancer. And I made a decision to not get surgery and not do chemotherapy and radiation. I'm trying to heal naturally, which is very controversial. <laughs> You're so controversial. <laughs> You're born controversial. <laughs> but this is just another piece of that. Right. Fantastic. So I have you here today so we can discuss just your path because I thought it was so interesting where you've taken it. I've only spoken to you a couple times since I've, I found out about that, but the, the path that you're taking is a positive uh, you, you're a warrior in a way. I heard your voice is just so unique on that you're going to conquer this. Yeah. And you're going to deal with it your way, one way or another. Yeah. I think from the beginning, the diagnosis is pretty overwhelming to hear that when you find out about it. Um, I remember just being afraid because I found a lump. I had a feeling come up my arm that literally my blood felt like fire. And all of a sudden, I got the shooting pain under my armpit. I reached my right thumb under my armpit and pressed under there. And that's when I felt the lump on my breast. So I went to the doctor. I was traveling at the time, and I left uh, early on my trip. And I came home because I wanted to be with my doctors instead of in L.A. at Cedar sinai Yeah. Next to a Kardashian or something. I just could imagine <laughs> that happening. I'm We're all here together. <laughs> We're all here. We're so pretty. <laughs> Anything to not be with a Kardashian. <laughs> so I just wanted to come home to be where my hospital and my doctors and, you know, friends were. That makes sense. So I went to a clinic and the nurse practitioner there actually said, I think this is menopausal, like it was cystic or some kind of, you know, reaction to something. And I just remember looking at her going, you're really not in a position to make a guess. Yeah. That was, she said, but I would get a mammogram in the next couple of weeks. I'm like, yeah, that's not going to happen. So I went to see my general on Tuesday. That was on a Saturday. I went that following Tuesday and he said it didn't look good and then sent me in to get a diagnostic mammogram the next week. Everything kept spreading out like a week. The original time I felt everything was like the 12th of October and within 12 days, I had the diagnosis. I went and got a diagnostic mammogram, which insurance doesn't cover all wow. of that. Because the machine, I mean, why wouldn't it? I've never had a mammogram and a basic mammogram that shows a mass, which they have no idea what the mass is, but to diagnose and actually get up close. It seems like we should all be getting diagnostic mammograms instead of right. just some shadow that shows up. And anyway. Uh, Did you ever get an answer on why they don't pay for that? Just too expensive or? Well, it's women's health care, isn't it? Right. Look at this administration right now, what they're doing with women's health. It comes secondary. Yeah, we're the ones who have the babies and we're the ones who, it's pretty extraordinary, the women's care that we aren't getting and the price we have to pay for it is pretty extraordinary. Right. But anyway, I got the diagnostic mammogram. The next day, they scheduled the biopsy, and two days later, I had the diagnosis that I had breast cancer, bilateral breast cancer in both breasts. In that same time, I had been bleeding since August and spotting off and on, and then all of a sudden, it just became more and more, and I was hemorrhaging at one point. I went to the ER, and she said, your uterine wall looks thick, 
and it makes me a little nervous with your breast cancer and what you have going on, so I want you to go get a pap smear. So I got the pap smear. It was normal, but she didn't like the bleeding either, and it was endometrial bleeding, so she said, I want to do a biopsy December. She did a biopsy two days before Christmas. I viewed her in cancer also. Right. There's something that happens in that time after the diagnosis, after meeting with the oncologist and them going over the mammogram and explaining things, the surgery and everything, you just become a cog in a wheel in a hospital. You are a business to these people. And when you separate yourself and you say, I'm not, I said, right when I got the diagnosis, I remember going, oh, no pink ribbons here. Uh Uh-uh. I just got all of a sudden this I went inside and something happened. I reached in and another person came up. I literally pulled inside, fight or flight, right? Right. I literally reached inside and grabbed a person I didn't even know was in there. Hmm. You're looking at me now. I don't even look the same. Right. I mean, I haven't changed that much, but I've lost 30 pounds since November 11th. Hmm. My skin looks healthier because when you repair yourself on a cellular level, you're healing from the inside out. And that's what I decided to do. I did enough research. When I first got, you know, left the oncology office, I thought of a naturopath I used to deal with here, and he moved to Texas. And I still followed him on Facebook. He's the first person I thought of. I reached out to him on Facebook Messenger. I didn't think he'd remember me. And he said, contact my uh, assistant. He's still, he's not a uh, practicing doctor anymore, but he consults with people and he helps people get on their path. He just advises people. He doesn't do any, you know, medical practicing. And I flew down to Texas the same day I left the oncology office Mm -hmm. to have the latest, last information. I just became this person. I just became, it's a business. Their business is different than my business. Your dollar sign. Correct. Mm -hmm. I became my own entity, my own business. This is is a full-time job now on many levels. And I just, it's just different. I don't know how to explain it. Something happened where I said, I'm just, I got myself here and I'm a person with something that I need to fix. When you let the word and the fear of the C word take over, cancer is what it is. But it's also an astrological sign. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's how you're going to choose to look at it. Something's broken inside. It makes sense. Just things that you're putting in your mouth. The sugary beverages, you think it's healthy, it's a juice. Look at how many grams of sugar are in things. And when you look, evaporated cane juice, extraordinary what they're allowing in our food. And the more research I did, the more you start to understand our food is a business, everything. They're making us sick. And then these people, these companies, I mean, the same people that are killing people with cigarettes are feeding people. How is that not a conflict of interest? Yeah, everywhere. It's literally like ifs of murder. Yeah. Like it's pretty extraordinary what, th- what these guys are doing. It's and a the- medical monopoly, it seems. Absolutely. Absolutely. The pills that they're allowing, the things that they're letting go through, the false trials, the phony information. I just, I'm not a conspiracy theorist, but I'm an intelligent person. And everything's about money. And if anyone looks at this country different and thinks different, they're wrong. I will stand up with my hand on a Bible in a courtroom and say that is a false statement. You definitely have all the conviction. And I like to hear that you're 
using your own logic. You're putting these pieces together. You just, you just shared your beliefs and where you got them and that you're doing this research for yourself. And Yeah, you have to advocate for yourself. And you and I have even discussed in the past, not one of my doctors has ever said, what's your diet like? What's your daily intake like? When she diagnosed me and said what they were going to do, how the chemo was going to work, you have to do chemo, I mean radiation, five days a week for six weeks. Right. So I have to go down to a hospital where they bill you to park. (laughs) I'm paying to park while you inject me with poison. I'm going to have a pump in my chest that you're going to pump radiation. And a port, yeah. When I see a sign that says radiation, what does it say above it? Danger. Danger, yeah. There's the skull and crossbones. And why is it danger? Yeah. Oh, definitely. Why? It's poison. Because it could cause cancer. Absolutely. And you're putting the same thing that could cause cancer in to kill cancer? Yeah, sign up for that. They make it sound like that's the answer. What? Right. Like I just went, seriously? So yeah, when you just start to say chemotherapy, the same main ingredient in chemotherapy was in mustard gas right. in the war. What? Like, when someone, like, (laughs) when someone touches chemotherapy, they're wearing a hazmat suit. Absolutely. And there's extra thick gloves. Why am I going to let you? (laughs) Really? Like, I just, it's mind, it's just absolutely mind blowing to me. Yeah, it seems counterintuitive. And if I have to do those things because it gets so bad, I'll do it. If it's that bad, I'll do it. You know, if it gets to that point. But I guess there should be a plan A or a plan B. Plan A is to make my immune system stronger. Clearly, my immune system isn't working or I wouldn't have cancer. Because we all have cancer cells, all of us. And we have an immune system that fights it. That's our immune system's job. Mine was so compromised that I couldn't fight it off. Right. So why wouldn't you tell me and teach me to strengthen my immune system and do all these things before you want me to shatter it? It just, none of it made sense to me. So there's alternatives to everything and people need to have a choice and people also need to live through the fear. 